0: Guys, I am literally beside myself with excitement for this new collection that we are going to be going into called Stranger Things. We are taking a deep dive into all things supernatural. And I'm telling you, I cannot remember the last time. I mean, I get pretty excited about like most episodes that I do because whatever topic I do, it kind of like consumes me for the week. But this topic, there is something about this that I am so excited about. And clearly you are too, because I put out on Instagram, what else do you want to know about the supernatural? Because we're going to do a deep, deep dive. Anyway, before we get onto that, two things I want to tell you guys. One is um, if you are in Melbourne at the time that this episode's releasing, so it's Wednesday today, I am actually, I've just pre-recorded this and I'm flying into Melbourne today. So um, if you are anywhere in Melbourne near uh, the Dandenong area, I'll be at Faith Church on Sunday. Uh, Our dear friends, Matt and Franca Hines, Cameron will be preaching in the morning. I'll be preaching at night. So if you happen to be listening to this in real time um, and you live in Melbourne, come say hi, Uh, come along, that would be great. But if you've got another church you go to, please like go there. Okay. Uh, but I just wanted to let you know, I'll also be doing a few things with the Youth Live Academy, but shh, don't tell them that's a surprise. Also, before we jump into this, guys, I've been promising to tell you about my dog. Can you just like indulge me for a little minute? I really wanted to share this with you guys. I have been wanting to share this news for so long but I've had to keep it a bit of a secret because of a couple of things that kind of went down, which I'll explain. So as you know, July last year, my beautiful, big 30 kilo grudel girl, Callie, went to the groomer, came home, was vomiting. I don't know that it's connected, by the way. I'm just telling you about her day. Really was sick. She was only two and a half, um, at the time got really sick that day, like and really quickly went downhill and I'll spare you all the detail, but she, she, um, I went to take her out to the toilet and she just, she just looked over at me and she ran to her bed and she had this massive seizure. Like it was horrible. The whole family were home, Cameron and I, I can't, oh my gosh, I'm going to cry. <laughs> um, anyway, see, oh my gosh, this is why I haven't told you guys earlier. Anyway, she had a massive seizure, never fully recovered. We spent... Two or three days in ICU with her um, and spent, you know, a few thousand dollars trying to save her, and they just don't know what happened, but she passed away. Now, guys, look, I need to do a whole podcast episode on this because for me, my dog is like my therapy. I don't know why. I'm not someone that goes and talks to counselors. So I think for me, I don't know, she just is. It's another episode to be had. Um, I was gutted. And as you know, I had a really old dog as well. My smelly little old Sophie and guys last Saturday, she died. Um, but I was kind of expecting that one because she was old and she was on heart meds. Although I was told she had a few more kind of years in her. So she got congestive heart failure. Anyway, guys, to cut a long story short, Um, I was on a Grudel Facebook page because we are all obsessed with our Grudels and I posted about Callie just after it happened. And this beautiful lady messaged me and said, Hey, and by the way, I got like 350 comments. Like people were gutted. It's a big community. And this lady messaged me and said, Hey, I breed Cobber dogs. Guys, if you don't know what a Cobber dog is, just come friend me on my personal Instagram plus I'm going to be doing a um a separate Instagram for my dog but uh anyway a corgi dog I guess they look a bit like a groodle But, um, dare I say they're kind of like even cuter in the sense that their, their wool, their fur is, is, um, is actually fleece and it's straight. So you get to keep it longer. Unlike Callie who had to be cut all the time. Anyway, she came into my DMs, this beautiful lady and said, I would like to gift you one of my dogs. I'm like, what the heck? Who even does that? I'd never heard of a copper dog. So I looked into it a bit. And these dogs, guys, they're worth like thousands. Okay. Like I'm talking over 5,000 and wanted to gift us one. So anyway, I've been waiting that whole time for, um, because I was on the wait list. And so I've been waiting, 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 literally beside myself. Then when Sophie dies, I'm like, my house is so empty. It's got no soul. Well, anymore without a dog. Anyway, I feel like I'm ranting, but. Um, I'm getting my puppy next week when I come back from Melbourne. Oh my gosh, guys, I will put a, po- a picture up on Instagram. Okay. Go next So you can see, but anyway, I had to tell you guys, cause I feel like maybe you care. I hope you care. I would care if you had a dog because I love dogs so much. I've had them my whole life. So anyway, guys, you're going to get puppy spammed. I'm pretty bad in that. I've already bought a dog pen Blankets, toy. I've got like a playpen for this thing. Like I'm OTTing. My kids are going, "Mom, what is wrong with you?" I'm like, "I'm just a nurturer, and I don't have babies to nurture anymore." So anyway, guys, I cannot wait. But how, how flipping blessed am I? This lady's not even a Christian, right? Like who does that? It's normally me giving to people, and to be given back is just like beyond. I just you know, I don't know. God cares about the little things. Okay. They're my two bits of news. We're five minutes in, but I'm sure you didn't mind that little rant. But guys, let's get into today. I want to talk about angels, okay? Now, I've called this Stranger Things Collection because clearly, super popular show on Netflix. Guys, confession, I've not watched it. Have you watched it? I've heard different... I've had some people message me and go, Christians shouldn't be watching it. But then I know a whole heap of Christians that are like, I love that show, So I can't pass opinion on it. I really do need to watch it. But the truth is, guys, the supernatural world is more real than our natural world. And so I've been studying the supernatural a lot lately because we've actually been doing this series at church. And I preached on angels at our Gold Coast uh, service last Sunday. Guys, I have never had a sermon where people were literally on the edge of their seat. And then when I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, look at the time I need to finish in a couple of minutes, people actually were like called out. No, no, don't stop. I was like, what? They loved this sermon that I did on angels. So I thought it would be really good considering guys, it's Halloween coming up, um, when is it Monday? I think. I don't even know. Next Monday. So we're going to go behind the veil. Uh we're going to talk angels, demons, you know, heaven. What's heaven even like? We're going to talk about portals. Stranger things does not own portals, guys. There are portals in the Bible. Do do do. We're going to talk about manifesting, which is really popular. I'm not talking about manifesting a demon, although I have had people ask me to talk about that, but the manifesting, you know, like um, the show We Crashed, where she's like, whatever you believe, you can bring the divine into your life through, through your thinking, that kind of stuff. People have asked me to do tarot card reading, all sorts of stuff. So, Um, This is nothing to do with glorifying the supernatural, guys. Um, The world is full of entertainment about paranormal activity. And the truth is that as Christians, we should be the most well-versed on the supernatural because, hello... Um, our very belief in God is a totally supernatural belief. Our whole Christianity, our whole faith is based on a supernatural world. The belief that we go to heaven after we die, you know, that's proof that we believe in a supernatural world. We talk about angels guarding us. Well, what does that even mean? What does that look like? And yet most Christians don't really know a lot about what the Bible says, by the way. I'm not going to be talking about you know, myths and things I've heard. We are going to use scriptures. We're going to go deep dive into the Bible. And when I spoke on angels this week or last week, uh, people were blown away because they so many people came up to me and said, I knew nothing. I did not know any of that about angels. Oh my gosh. And then of course there's demonic activity, right? Now people get scared about that. Do you know what came up in my Instagram today? Oh, guys, I couldn't believe this came up. Sky News here in Australia did a report on a grandmother who had a camera in her grandchildren's room and captured a demon in their room and you could see the pictures. Go look it up, skynews.com.au. And it was like this tall figure with horns and long fingers and fingernails. You can see it. It's so flipping creepy. So I'm not talking about glorifying it, right? But if demonic activity exists, guys, well, guess what? Angelic activity exists too. The world do not own the narrative on the supernatural. The supernatural is created by God. And one of my favorite scriptures is talking about the seen and the unseen. So let's start there. Okay, so 2 Corinthians 4.18. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Oh my gosh, guys, just like go highlight that in your Bibles, 2 Corinthians 4, 18, because it's far easier for us to fix our attention right on the scene, on the physical world, on what's in front of us and what we can see and feel and touch and taste. But this is a command here. It's telling us we've got to fix our eyes, not on that, but on what is unseen, because God knows that we do find that difficult. And this scripture tells us that what is seen, guys, what, what our physical reality, that is temporary. That's going to disappear. And what's going to last forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever is everything that is unseen. So the unseen is actually more real and more permanent than the seen. So Let me start by asking you this before we go diving into angels. What do you think you know about angels? Um, I'm pretty sure today, when you really understand scripture, it's going to blow your mind. Like, do they have wings? Do we have a guardian angel? What's their job? What do they do? What do you think you know? Some people think, you know, when um, little children die, or, or you know, you hear people talk about when their pets die, they grow their angel's wings and they go to heaven. Is that true? Do the angels carry people to heaven? So much to get through. So are you ready to get started? That was kind of like a bit of an intro to whet your appetite. I'm going to start with a story, guys, that's real. It is from Cameron's mum. Cameron's mum is very sensitive to the supernatural. She always has been. Um, and so I'm going to start with her story. She wrote it down for me so that I don't get it wrong. But this happened in 1963. Cameron's mum, total girl boss, used to be in the Navy. That's how she met Cameron's dad. Anyway, so she hadn't met dad at this time. So she was single, young, living in Canberra, in the Navy, and her and a friend decided to go to a city hotel for a couple of drinks. Now, there was nothing unusual, she said. I'm reading her story about the afternoon. There were a few male sailors from their depot who were drinking at a small bar down from her and her friend. And then there was a tall guy in a brown suit. Remember that tall guy in a brown suit who sat a few tables away all on his own. As the afternoon progressed, this lone man approached their table. And he began to question Mum and her friend about where are you from and how are you going to get back to the depot? And he, funnily enough, he strongly advised them not to go with the drinking sailors because it wouldn't be safe. Now, Being young uh, and silly, according to her, they ignored the strange tall fellow and they did accept a ride back a few hours later with the two young sailors in a very small car, remembering they'd been drinking. She remembers they were squashed in the back seat. And as the journey progressed, they realized that the sailors actually were drunk, but it was too late and uh, they got into a car accident, and suddenly mum remembers being thrown around as the vehicle turned upside down. She said, it seemed like an eternity as we kept sliding, rolling, bouncing upside down several times before it came to a stop. Now, the vehicle caved in on her and her friend in the back, and they were trapped between the doors and the seats, but the boys were both thrown from the car. Now she couldn't move, and um, it's funny, isn't it? Because at the time she wasn't didn't have a faith, but she'd grown up in the Lutheran church, and so Mum said she remembers her friend was screaming, and so she just Mum called to God for help. And all of a sudden a hand appeared and a voice told her to hold on, I'll get you out. And as she looked up, guess who it was? The tall guy in the brown suit. And this is what he said to her, because you didn't take my advice, I followed you to keep watch over you. Remember the word watch. And then he, now this part, she can't remember. She goes, he, he, next thing I know, I opened my eyes and I'm sitting out of the vehicle under the tree. So she goes, I was in the car. I saw the man. I don't remember being taken out, but all of a sudden I'm under the tree. And so she was looking around for this man, but he was gone. So she started asking, obviously other people had come to help at that time you know, where's the guy gone? The guy that was in the brown suit. And everyone else said that they had not seen such a person. Now, apparently years later, once she did become a Christian, cause she'd always felt at the time that she'd been rescued. She was like, surely that was an angel that rescued me because that was so out of the blue. And so later she read testimonies of angelic help and was amazed to read of several persons being helped in car accidents by a tall man in a brown suit. I feel like I need music to... Duh, duh, or I need some Stranger Things music. So, guys, my whole thing here—I want to really teach you about what the Bible says about angels. It's absolutely incredible. But let's start in Kings chapter six, verse fifteen. To—I'm actually going to start, yeah, verse fifteen to seventeen. Um, This is Elijah and Elijah or Elisha. Sorry, Elisha and his servant. I just want to talk about this because right back in the Old Testament. Um, we see that uh, Elisha was being chased by the Syrian army. So the king, the Syrian king, had sent his army to capture Elisha, right? Because the king hated the Israelites. So Elisha wakes up. He's got a servant with him. They go out of the tent and all they can see is this army surrounding them. And so this is, let's pick it up there in Kings chapter six. It says, when the servant of the man of God, so the servant of Elisha got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. So don't be afraid, the prophet answered, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. How amazing is that? And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so he may see. And then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and he could see what Elisha could see, the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around them. So in other words, this physical army was setting upon them. The servant was freaking out. But Elisha was like, don't freak out, Lord, show him what I could see and what he could see in supernaturally. Remember that scripture I talked about at the beginning, you've got the seen and the unseen. Well, the servant could only see the seen, but Elisha could see the unseen and he saw Um, behind the physical army, there was a spiritual army with actual chariots of fire and horses. And so he's like, open his eyes. And that is my prayer. I want you guys to send these episodes to everyone that you know, because people are so fascinated with the supernatural realm. Um, and that's my prayer is that your eyes will be open to the fact that there is an unseen supernatural world. Now, let me tell you what that was that they saw. Remember, there was the physical army. Well, that unseen army behind the physical army guys was the angelic army. Okay. Did you know that God has an Army of angels. And I'm talking, when I mean an army, I mean an army. Like you think physical army, this is a spiritual army of angels. So it, it will, when you understand this and you understand the whole principle and the function and how real angels are, guys, you are never going to live the same again. I promise you. It's going to change the way you see your life, it's going to change the way that you see your battles. And, um, and I want you to remember what Elisha said, that those who are with us, the angelic army is greater than those who are with them. Okay, so we're kind of going to break this into... Um, you know, why does it matter? Angels, why do they even matter? And who are they and what do they do? Oh my gosh. And we're already like almost 20 minutes in. So why does it matter that we talk about angels? Okay. So I'm going to, and I'm going to expand on that angel army. Okay. Because we just tend to think that there's these few angels in the Bible And, you know, they appeared to Mary to tell her she was going to be pregnant with the Lord. And then there was the angel Michael. And then, of course, there's Lucifer. And that's kind of about where our knowledge sits. But guys, angels are everywhere in the Bible. That's the first reason why we need to study this. We need to know about this. Now if you just look up the word angel, you'll see over 300 references. but this is the thing. the word angel is only one way of referring to the spirit beings. There's um, a lot a lot of other names for, for what we would deem angels. So for example, Psalm 46 verse 7 and you guys can see this right throughout the Old Testament, the Lord of hosts is with us. you know you read scriptures that talk about the Lord of hosts. Who the heck are the hosts? Have you ever thought about that? Like the Lord of hosts? I don't know. I kind of ignored that bit. A host, guys, is the Hebrew word that refers to the army of angels, the angel army. So that angel army that I read to you before in Kings with Elisha and his servant, that is the Lord's host. That is the Lord's army all through the Old Testament. It talks about how the Lord of the angel army is with us. That is so amazing. Now, if you put together all of the references for the word angel, and then you put all of the references and all of the other references to do with spirit beings like hosts, there are over 600 references. Guys, it matters because God took the time to make sure that angels are literally scattered right throughout the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, from the beginning to the end. To believe in God and to believe in the word of God is to believe in angels. Angels are everywhere, but we don't really preach about them. We don't really speak about them. We speak about things like fear and we say things like, oh, there's 365 references to fear, one for every day of the year. And yet angels and spirit beings are doubly talked about. So we need to be talking about them. Angels surrounded the life and the ministry of Jesus. Angels show up, guys. You have probably read scriptures where you're not even aware that the angels have showed up in the Bible from from Genesis to Revelation. Let me give you a few examples. When Moses was given the Ten Commandments, guys on Mount Sinai, guess who handed it to him? Guess who ordained and and appointed um, these Ten Commandments? I bet you didn't know the angels were there. Now, in Exodus, it doesn't refer to it, but in Acts seven and in Galatians three verse nineteen, it says the law was arranged, ordained, and appointed through the instrumentality of angels. Did you know that angels were there when the Ten Commandments? I don't. Sorry, I said before the angels handed it to him. I don't. That's not. That's not the case. But the angels with the the law, the Ten Commandments were arranged, ordained and appointed. When Jesus was tempted in the desert uh, and he was diminished in strength, we know that when the devil finished tempting him and tormenting him in verse 11 in Matthew 4, it says the angels ministered to him. So that's just two examples. The second reason why it matters, guys, is because to know more about angels is to understand more about how God functions in your and my life. So if the goal of our life is to know more about God and how he works, then um, knowing more about how the angels work and how God uses angels helps us to understand God. Um, Because the angels, do you know who they are? They are spirit beings who are created by God to help outwork his purposes on the earth and in your life. I mean, you think about Psalm 91. It is my favorite scripture, right? It talks all about God's protection and guardianship. Let me just quickly grab my Bible. So guys, you would know Psalm 91, he who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall remain fixed and stable under the shadow of the almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, blah, blah, blah. He will deliver you from the snare of the fowler. You guys go back and read it. But then in verse 11, one of my favorite scriptures I've got underlined in every Bible, for he will give his angels a special charge over you to accompany and defend and preserve you in all your ways of obedience and service. So guys, God's uh, one of the greatest things that we have with having God in our life is his protection and guardianship. And the way that he protects and guards you, he uses his angels. Like supernaturally, we've got an angelic army sent to us whose sole purpose is for them to be sent by God. To protect you, to guard you, to watch over you. That they are like Billy Graham wrote a book on angels, and he called them secret agent, agents. They they whip in, they do the command of the Lord, and they and they whip out. Okay, who are they? You guys are going to love this. Now I won't spend too long here. Um, and I'll give you a few scriptures so if you want, you can pause this and look them up. But who are they? So we've talked about why it matters, okay? It matters because number one, God wrote them everywhere into the Bible. And number two, it helps us understand how God outworks his, uh, his protection and guardianship in our life how we and how God functions because he literally outworks his plan. He doesn't do it by himself. I mean, if the devil is going to send his demons, right, then God, God sends angels. If there's demonic activity, guys, there's angelic activity. We forget that bit. All right, so then who are they? First of all, they're created by God. God created them. Okay, you can look that up in Psalm 148. Secondly, they're immortal. All right, so they they live forever. They're immortal. So, Matthew 25 41. Okay, they are genderless. Um, so, the reason we know they're genderless is they are spirit beings. And I'll, I'll, I'll explain this a little bit more in a moment. Okay when they appear in human form, they do appear as male. Okay. And of course we've talked about, there's only three in the Bible, Gabriel, Michael, and Lucifer. So they do appear as male, but they actually um, are spirit beings. Okay. So they don't have, some have human characteristics and some don't. And I'll talk about that in a moment, but they're genderless because they don't need a gender because they're spirit beings. All right they are innumerable. I'll read a scripture soon, but there are literally tens and tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of angels in the unseen supernatural realm. Now, fifthly, I think I'm up to number five, they all have different jobs and functions. So I'll explain that a little bit further, but uh, just like you've got different rankings and jobs in a physical army, there are all these scriptures throughout the Bible. I just don't have time to go through them here, but you can read a book. I actually read a book about this on angels. Um, and I should pop on my Instagram, what that book was called if you're interested, but they have different, um, they have different jobs and functions. So some are messengers, uh, some are ministers. They're sent to minister, like the one that went to Jesus. Some are guards. I'll show that to you in a minute. Some are part of the army. Some are mediators. Some are watchers. Remember what the angel said to my mother-in-law. And there's so many other kinds of jobs. Some are princes. There are all sorts of jobs. So finally, tying in with that, they have different rankings, just like in a real army. There is literally a heavenly bureaucracy. The scripture talks about the assembly and the council. Look up Psalm eighty two and Psalm eighty nine. So there are there are princes. There are different rankings. There are angels that are um, like higher and um, they're like more in charge than the others. Now let's just talk for a moment. So that so that's who they are. Okay, created by God. They're immortal. They're genderless. They're innumerable. They have different jobs and functions. They have different rankings. And by the way, they can sin. There's a scripture that talks about when um, the angel made an error. So uh, so they're not they're not perfect. Only God is perfect. Okay. So the angels that you and I would talk about, like the one that Mum Bennett saw. Or I know I've got friends who said they've seen angels. Guys, don't worry if you've never seen an angel. I haven't. Don't get hooked up on it because guess what? The important thing is the angels can see you and me, even if we can't see them. But those angels, they're called messengers. Okay. And that's just one small part. Remember I said that we tend to think of angels as the ones that appear like Gabriel, Gabriel, always forget how to say that. Um, but they're just, they are just one part. They, they are the messengers. There are so many other kinds of angels and they appear in human form. Like we talked about usually uh, as males and these ones have human characteristics. Okay. So do all angels have wings? No, they don't. There you go. Myth blown. Um, The ones that appear in uh, to people have human characteristics Uh, no evidence of any wings. However, there are some who do have wings, guys. Ever heard of the cherubim and the seraphim? These guys have wings and they fly around the throne of God. These guys, the cherubim and the seraphim are angels that are sent to guard. So they are around the throne room guarding the presence of God. They are also... Oh, I'm saying this off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure that the seraphim were at the garden, the gate of the garden of Eden. Do you know what? I'm going to pause and look this up because I don't want to tell you the wrong thing. Guys, I'm right, but hang on. I'm almost right. It wasn't the seraphim. It was the cherubim. So in, in Genesis 3, 24, when after Adam and Eve had sinned, God drove, they he drove out man and replaced cherubim at the east end of at the east of the garden of Eden and a flaming sword, which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. There you go. So that particular angel, Seraphim and Cherubim are um, angels who guard. How cool is that guys? So that's a little bit about who they are. Are you with me? I reckon this is so cool. All right. What do they do? What do the angels do? Like this is super exciting guys. I love this. Um, so the first thing that they do, I don't know if I'm going to get through to all three. I've actually got my Bible here. I'm going to turn to this scripture. But um, the first thing that they do, guys, is they are worshipers. That's what they do. And the reason um, I'm just going to turn to Revelation, because one thing people tend to get so caught up in the supernatural that they want to idolize angels, but we're never to idolize angels. Um, we're not to worship angels. We also can't command angels. The Bible never says that we should command them. God is the only one that can tell them what to do because they're literally like there to outwork his purposes, not our own. So in Revelation, when John was being shown all these things, being taken up in the spirit to heaven and shown uh, or being being taken into the spirit and showed all these things, um Uh, about uh, the new heaven and the new earth and what's going to happen in the end times. Towards the end in Revelation 22, I think it's, yeah, verse 8, it says that John, so he heard these things and he witnessed these things, and when he heard and saw them, um because it was a messenger showing him right so he was with an angel and he fell before the feet of the messenger or the angel who showed these things to me to worship him the angel right and and what do you think guys if you saw an angel like if i saw an angel appear right now in my in my studio room here which is really my study does that sound fancy i would be like oh my gosh i think i would fall down and worship the angel too did you know what the angel said to him He's like, refrain, pretty angelic word, right? In other words, hey, stop it. You mustn't do that, he said. I'm only a fellow servant along with you and your brethren, the prophets, and with those who are um, blah, blah, blah. You can tell I'm reading from the Amplified. And then he ends with this, worship God. So he's like, don't worship me, right? So angels don't want to be worshipped. He's like, just like, I'm the same as you. I'm just a servant. I'm just a messenger. And so angels only ever should point us to God, right? So we're not to become obsessed with them because they're not about themselves. They're not about their ministry. They're literally like, hey, don't worship me. We're here to do the commands of God, to outwork his purposes on the earth. And so you think about it. Angels worship 24-7, Um There's a beautiful scripture in Revelation 5. Again, this is John saying, "'I looked and I heard the voice of many angels.'" And here's the one about how how many there are. They were numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. And they encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. And in a loud voice, they were saying, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and honor and glory and praise. And of course, in other scriptures, we see them saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. So what what should angels do? we should understand that they are worshipers and that should prompt us to worship. Like if the angels are in awe and worshiping God 24 seven, and they don't even have the salvation story that you and I do, then how much more should we? And here's where we see the cherubim and the seraphim in Isaiah chapter six, the cherubim and the seraphim are are, are circling. It might've just been the seraphim actually on this one. And they were circling and remember they've got wings by the way, Guys, they've got six sets of wings, two that cover their face, two on their back, and two that cover their feet. Maybe they don't like feet and they want to have them covered. (laughs) And remember, they're guards, so there are always seraphim and cherubim around the throne room of God. And when they're flying around, Isaiah 6 verse 3 says that they actually call out to one another like, hey... Holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The earth is full of His glory. So they talk to one another, like, "Hey, how good is God? How amazing is God?" And they and they talk to one another about how amazing God is. And I can imagine the angels must sometimes look at us and go, "My gosh, you people down on earth, you humans, you've got a salvation story. You were you were rescued and saved. Like you should be worshiping even more hardcore." And um, you know, this is guys. Can I just say? One of the reasons I talk about stuff about what's happening in culture is because there is definitely a demonic spirit on the earth that's trying to do the complete opposite and and bring an irreverence and make people live in the most unholy of ways. And we need to get back to holiness. We need to get back to a holy way of living. We serve a holy God. The angels are constantly worshiping this holy God. And do you remember the other week I talked about? about Demi Lovato, to me, it is no mistake uh, that we've got people like her putting out, you know, and it, and it's becoming just viral on TikTok, these, these albums called Holy F with her laying on a bed that is a cross, you know, bound up with black tape and just singing irreverent stuff, re-quoting scripture, taking scripture out of context. And it is just to me, guys, I know that I talk about it from a cultural point of view, but I think there's a really demonic side to that. Where you know we need to st- we need to have an army of young people that are rising up and saying no, we're not putting up with that Demi Lovato, we're not putting up with that Sam Smith with his album Unholy, uh, you know, and and a young a, a group of young people that will rise up and go no, you know, we we are going getting back to reverence and we serve and we worship a holy God. All right, that's my bit for that. Okay. What else do they do? So they're worshipers prompting us to worship and get back to holiness number two. And this is the really cool part. They are warriors. Now this is what I uh, will probably end here. This is where I started by talking about how the angels at the start, Elisha and the servant could see the angelic army, a huge part of what they do. And I'm going to talk about if you guys have a, um, a guardian angel in a minute, but They are mostly sent to be warriors, right? Like you see pictures where there's these beautiful, pretty angels and they've got these pretty wings. Guys, they're flipping warriors. You think of a physical army, these guys are a spiritual army sent to fight spiritual battles on the earth, sent to fight for you, okay? I talked about Psalm 91. He gives his command, sorry, he commands his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They're going to lift you up in their hands. How amazing is that? So that you won't strike your foot against a stone. Guys, we don't know how many times we might even be encountering angels on the earth that that we might've talked to one. There could have been angels that, like my mother-in-law, that we don't even know were angels that just briefly appeared in human form to protect us, to watch out for us. I think we're going to get to heaven and have so many aha moments when God's like, hey, remember that? I sent my angels. Remember when this happened? I sent my angels to you. And I think this is just so incredible. And this is a huge part of how we see the guardianship and the protection and the goodness and the grace of God in our lives. This is how he shelters you and secures you by using his angels. You know, in Daniel, when we talk about Daniel and the lion's den, but before that, Daniel, um, we see an angel appeared to him to give him strength. So he'd been fasting and he'd had this revelation of all that was to come and he was discouraged. And he was like, oh my gosh, there's so much bad to come, kind of like what we've just been through in COVID. And it was a time of great trouble. And it said that in Daniel ten, he had no strength, and he was pale, and he could hardly breathe. And on day twenty one, guys, guess what? Guess who shows up in his room? An angel. It was Michael, one of three named in the Bible. And the angel says to him, "Your words were heard, and I've come into res- in response to them." Guys, keep praying. You've never heard me probably like this before. This is how I preach, but keep praying, guys, because when you pray, God's listening, and He's sending. And the angels, by the way, the angels can here too. Because remember, it says your words were heard and I've come in response. And God will be like, hey, you angel over there, go down to Sarah over here and help her out. And we see in Daniel chapter 10 that the one who looked like a man, it says, it touched me, David, and gave me strength. And the angel said to, to not David, Daniel, the angel said, do not be afraid. You who are highly esteemed, peace, be strong now, be strong. Guys, God has a whole army of heavenly hosts, which are the angels, the angel army working and warring on your behalf. There is a spiritual battle behind the scenes. And not only are they fighting for you, but there are angels sent to minister to you like they did to Daniel, like they did to Jesus. There are angels that will guard you like they are like the seraphim. So you are being heard. And how amazing is it that not only do we have the Holy Spirit within us, not only do we have the power and the presence of God, we've also got literal angels that are in the unseen world that sometimes i don't know come through a portal or the veil you know the scripture talks about the veil um and they come through and and there are angels that have appeared in in physical form on our on our seen physical world and and god hears and he sends help and i think that is so amazing all right, let me finish with this one. I didn't get to the third thing that angels do, but that's okay. Let me finish with, do we have a personal guardian angel? This is one that people have discussed. And um, look, the only scripture that does make it seem possible, and people have drawn a whole kind of belief system around this one scripture, is Matthew 18, 10, where it talks about where Jesus is talking about being careful how you treat the children. And he says, be careful how you treat the little ones because their angel sees the face of my father in heaven. So it seems like at least children have guardian angels. Now, as to whether adults um, or as if, sorry, blah, blah, blah. as to whether we have guardian, like a personal guardian angel, like when I was preaching, we've got a, we've got a guy in our church called Liam. And I said to him, like, Liam, I don't know. I don't know if you've got an angel called Jerome. Like, I don't know if I've got an angel called, um, I don't know. What's a good name? I can't even think of one. I don't know if you've got a personal angel who's got this personal name as a guardian, right? I'm not sure. The scripture in Matthew does make it seem possible that it could be true. It seems to be true for children. But this is one thing we do know. Whether or not you've got one that's specifically assigned to you, we do have angels that guard us. Um, And so we are guarded and protected by the angels. And there's many scriptures like we talked about, the angelic army, Psalm 91, go look it up. There are 600 different references to angels. Um, And so even if we don't have a personal, personally named angel that stays with us all the time, we certainly have angels whose job is to secure us and Guard us and fight for us and lift us up when we need lifting up and ministering it to us and comforting us, guys. Is that amazing? Oh man, it fires me up every time. I'm like, just studying this and reading. I've been reading books about angels, but I'm trying this. I'm trying to do more. I'm doing heaven next, and I want to talk to you guys about heaven. But just. Really understanding what the scriptures teach us about the supernatural. it's really blowing my mind. it's opening up my mind. It's making me realize as I sleep, as I wake up in the morning, as I go out throughout my day, that there is so much more that we cannot see. There is so much more that is there that is happening that um, you know and like we like I said, the Bible says fix your eyes on the unseen. so don't fix your eyes on the scene. So just remember, You are guarded. You are protected. You are loved by God. And the way that he does that is he's got a whole army of angels just for you, just for me, and to outwork his purposes on the earth. So there you go, guys. Today was a long one. I hope you enjoyed that. And look, there is so much more, but um, I will put in my Instagram, the book that I've been reading so that if you're interested, um, and of course, I've been listening to multiple sermons and doing lots of um, study on it. Uh, So if you're interested, go and have a look there. Uh, Anyway, guys, that was our first part of Stranger Things. I'm going to see if Isaiah will come along as well, because he's been doing this series with us also um, at church. And so he's always got some great perspective. Guys, I love you all. Thank you so much for, uh, for listening. And I will be with you on Friday for Parenthood Friday. And then again next week for Stranger Things part two. Bye.